What's up, everybody? Welcome to Susquehanna Valley Church Podcast. My name is Matt Saxinger, and I'm head pastor here. Uh, I am with Connor Mays, student ministry director. Hey, everybody. Glad you guys are uh, tuning in for the first time. If this is your first time, well, it probably is your first time because this is our very first podcast. Yeah, so welcome. Uh, We want to help you think about stuff you need to think about, talk about stuff you need to talk about. So we're going to take a look at some of what the Bible says and uh, what it tells us about how to live life and the culture that we're in. So currently we are in a sermon series. Connor, what is that sermon series? So our sermon series that we just started this past week is called Chapter 1. We're looking at the first chapter of Ephesians. Yeah, really, uh, we naturally tend to look and, and wonder how God fits into our story. And uh, what we've been challenging people to do is to say, no, maybe it's not about that. Maybe it's more how you fit into God's story. And so that's that's kind of what we've been looking at. And uh, specifically last week, we touched on the prodigal son. And so, Connor, I'm curious initially, what are your thoughts uh, on the prodigal son? So the prodigal son, um, as I think a lot of uh, believers probably feel this way, um, for me, the prodigal son was a very, very impactful story or um, parable um, for me coming to faith. I remember this as the night I accepted Christ. Um, This was the story I heard because it was just so impactful of just God's love was demonstrated and his grace and mercy. Um, And it was just amazing to realize, like, no matter how far away I turned, um, that I could run back to the Father. And and that's, you know, I really, really connected with the the younger brother who ended up running away from from his dad and disconnected from just life and faith and um, the world, really, and just wanted to to prove himself in a sense. And that's, that's kind of relates to my story, but the, the beauty of being able to run back to the father. And I just love the part of the story where, where the dad is just waiting. Yeah. He's just waiting the entire time um, for his son to come back. And, and I like to think that he, you know, since the day his son left that he was on that front porch you know, waiting every single day for his son to come back. Um, so it's it's a really impactful story, and I think a lot of people um, really connect with this story some way, shape, or form. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you're not familiar with the story, um, I just want to just give you that overview, you know, so that you're on the same page as us. You got Jesus is telling this story about his heart towards humanity and he does that by telling a, telling a parable to illustrate this by um, he depicts a father and two sons. And so the, one of the sons, uh, r- really rudely, I mean, this guy is as arrogant as you can get. Uh, he asked the father for his inheritance before the father passes away, obviously, because he's talking to the dad. Um, and he asked him before he passes away. And in that culture, he would the father wouldn't have had just cash on hand. He would have had land that would have been bestowed to the son. So he has to sell the land, um, you know, turn it into cash. He sacrificed his his own well-being so the son could make this foolish choice, uh, gives the money to the boy. The boy goes out, wastes it on um, what we see as prostitutes and wild living, ends up feeding in the trough of the pigs because he's just wasted all his money. Yummy. Yeah, that sounds... <laughs> and, and what's crazy is, like, so this is a Jewish context where 
you know, pigs are that unclean animal. And so this guy isn't just in filth. He's in the filth of the filth. He's at the bottom uh, of life. And, you know, you hear people talk about that rock bottom moment, that this is the, the pig trough bottom moment for this guy. Uh, and this, the text says he comes to his senses and that he then, uh, he, he understands that if he were to go back to his father's house, maybe he could be a hired hand, wouldn't be a son anymore. He feels like he gave that up. Uh, and so he'd go home and, uh, and he'd find himself as a hired hand. But when he goes back, the story, as Jesus tells, the father has actually been looking for him, waiting for him, hoping for him and sees him and runs after him. So I love that testimony that you're sharing where that pretty much, you say, kind of connected and summed up a lot of your life. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that there's this idea out there that um, once you are unclean, that you can never be clean again. Um, once you've done the, the bad things, quote-unquote, or the, the things that could never be forgiven, yeah. Um, that you can't run back. I, I can't tell you how many times like I've heard people tell me, um, people like my friends and stuff like that, that, dude, I can never step into a church or I'll be set on fire. You know what I mean? What, what's funny is because like they almost always start that statement with, like, if God knew. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. If God knew. And, and I'm always like, he already knows. <laughs> and you haven't been on fire yet. Yeah. So like I feel like if you went to a place where you get help, like there would be less chance of fire than than if you stayed out of that building. So yeah, like I, it just blows my mind to, like I tell people, I'm like, have you read the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> look at look at right. the first like three characters in the Old Testament, or just open up in the Old Testament, or look at Paul. You know, he he was the most, you know, if you want to say unclean, unclean of the unclean, and. Yeah. That's who that's who God uses, and so um, yeah, I think this is one of those things where um, guilt and shame have run rampant <clears throat> in yeah. our society, unfortunately. Yeah, and it, you know, God is known in the scriptures as a God of justice and a God of love, and I think both of those are important. We'll talk about that on another podcast. That that balance. I've been reading this book um, by N.T. Wright called "Evil and the Justice of God," and it's, it's been real good. Look forward to sharing some of that mm-hmm. with you. Um, but yeah, that, that the justice is there, but it's met and it's complemented with love and with grace and with mercy. So it's interesting that you identify with the younger brother, cause I mentioned there were two brothers. Um, and I, I tend to identify with the other brother, the older brother. And, uh, so the older brother, like he, he sees the younger brother come home. He sees the dad throw this party and he confronts the dad as if to say like, what are you doing? You're wrong. Um, you've you've handled this incorrectly, and uh, and so he kind of chastises the dad um, as if to say, "How could you reward his behavior? You never rewarded mine." Yeah. What about me? Yeah, I, I and it's like an entirely the... selfish thing, and and I feel like a jerk even saying I'm the one who identifies with the <laughs> older brother. Um, but but what I find is that it's easy for some of us if you're older brother and you identify with him. Uh, it's it's easy to be critical of those who haven't lived the way that we've lived. And so what what I find is, in my own experience, that I tend to hold others to standards of my own assumed excellence. Mm. Like, I'm not, I'm not holding them up to the standards of, do you need grace or do you need mercy from Jesus? Yeah. I'm holding them up to the standards of, have you done what I've done? Yeah. I think it's, 
it's very interesting because we also forget that people are all on different journeys. You know, Um, I was speaking um, during my student ministry. Um, I was giving a message to them the other night during our kickoff. And I was just asking them to um, start taking steps forward in different areas of their life. So um, if this was the first time that they were hearing about Jesus, then, hey, you know, this is like a, a race, a long race. And I said, just take a couple steps forward and start figuring it out, um, you know. Or if you've been walking for a while, start jogging. If you've been jogging, start kind of briskly running. If you've been running, start sprinting. And we're all on different paths in our in our race, quote unquote. Um, and so I think we forget a lot of the times that people are on different spectrums you know what i mean yeah that you're exactly right and you know what um what the classic older brother statement is if you're not sure am i older brother or not here here's here's one of the questions or or one of the statements that you make um that would help you identify if you're ever talking about somebody else and you make this statement if it were me Mm, if if i was in their shoes this is what i do like even at the bus stop today it's talking about like somebody else is like hey if it were me I wouldn't. I wouldn't handle it that way, and that's the older brother. Good. It makes you look good, right? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. It points out to my assumed excellence and holds somebody else up to that that standard. Um, and, and even here, here's another way: like when you do something well, does that make you more prone to look at somebody else who does something poorly? Right. So the other day, um, we we were away on vacation. We had laundry piling up, and and so I cleaned up all all my you know laundry, put it away, and. Uh, um, I was looking at my kids' stuff, and I was like, "Man, they're such messes! Like, how how could they how could they live with their you know their their laundry all over?" I wonder where they get it from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just it was ironic to me that thirty seconds earlier I was in the exact same category as them, but now now that I was thirty seconds clean, um, I, I was able to to hold them to my standard of assumed excellence there. I, and I think it's important for okay, so you your younger brother, I'm older brother. I think it's important for us to recognize that. Uh, 100%. I'm reading in uh, Managing Leadership Anxiety, Steve Cuss, um, and he, he talks about how we have systems, how we have patterns of behavior. And, and he says this, uh, he says, this is often uh, what keeps us stuck, the in- inability to see our own culpability in a system. The inability to see our own culpability. We're very good at identifying others' weaknesses, but yeah. can we identify our own? And and if from his perspective, that's what keeps us stuck. Yeah, and hey, if you hear of a resource that we talk about, um, we usually have it in our show notes, so you can go ahead and look at that. Um, we're going to have that book, um, Managing Leadership Anxiety, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, in the show notes. And if we quote anything else... Um, we will put the scripture, put the book, uh, Amazon link, whatever, to the show notes because I know some of you guys um, want to dive a little bit deeper and uh, want to know the context of what we're talking about. So, but yeah, I, I I totally agree, and I find myself sometimes doing that um, when I learn something or know something. Um, I I do. I look at people and I'm just like, dude, you just don't get it. You don't get it. And there can be in an ignorance to to that and uh you know especially for me working with teenagers um i can get that a lot and i can sometimes speak almost down to them which uh is not gonna go well and 
I think a lot of the times this is why we have a younger generation now, whether it's millennials, which is my generation, or Generation Z, you have a bunch of, quote, uh, older brothers, you know, uh, looking down on right. these um, these these kids, right? These teenagers that are are supposed to be the people that we are pouring into and teaching and loving. Um, yeah. But then we end up getting a bunch of younger brothers running away because um, they feel like they're 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 less than us and they're not. They're they're equal to us in the in the kingdom of God. They just might not have the wisdom and experience. Um, but it's our job to be the the father in this experience um, and show them grace, show them love, um, and and pass on that wisdom to them. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think what Jesus ultimately gets at here is it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. Mm. Like yeah. it, do, it doesn't matter. You think of the thief on the cross, right? Because mm. like that that guy was essentially the younger brother, the guy who ran from God his Ooh, entire yeah. life. <laughs> Minus the last three seconds of his life, uh, and he comes to Christ there. And, it, and so this idea, it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. Um, and to me, that's freeing to know that you're loved for who you are, not what you do. Mm. That's freeing. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And, and you know, so much of what we try to do and so much of the way we behave is based on the question of, if I do this, will people accept me? Yeah. If I say this funny thing, um, and it's in my mind, if it's funny and it's not funny, are they going to stop liking me now? Yeah, I think there's uh, there's this kind of triangle that I, I was taught um, of of the three things that people kind of run to when they uh, face issues or um, want kind of satisfaction in life. It's um, people pleasing. Um, are people going to like me? Hmm. It's power. Um, am I going to have the the success and the money and things like that? Um, or just this idea of authority and then, um, or people run to resources. Do I have enough food? Do I have enough, um, you know, enough money to support my family and things like that? And that's what they run to. Um, and, uh, that you can kind of see that, um, with Jesus in the, in the desert when he's being tempted, those are the three things that, that Satan tempts him with. And so that's what we run to because yeah. we that's what we affirm ourselves in if that makes sense right um when when we try to get the upper hand in life um that's that's what we end up going to oh absolutely and what we see modeled for us is the total opposite and really what's unconditional love mm-hmm. of i love you whether or not you run from me or whether or not you've been right here and not even taken advantage of the relationship and been so focused on other people's behavior that you've missed out on our love right here. But Matt, that's not fair. Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so here's here's the thing. We, we've been talking about stuff that we think you need to, to think about. And here's two mindsets that we want you to have. And, and the first one is this, is that our best conversation is always waiting for us. And and so, Connor, with that in mind, our best conversation is always waiting for us. What does that mean to you? Um, So our best conversation is always waiting for us. I think um, knowing that, you know, I think of the younger son, like he, the best conversation is waiting for him uh, with his dad. Um, And 
being able to to go up to him and have that conversation with him, um, even though it's kind of a terrifying thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, so for me, older brother, yeah. I've just always been there. I've always prayed. So it's never really been... It's curious to me when people say it's terrifying because to me it's never really been that. Okay. So that's but that's not me trying to judge you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just feel a little you know. judgment here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. No. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, I, I think it's it's interesting when people say they're terrified, uh, and maybe you can elaborate on that and how to overcome that because I know you do have yeah. a solid prayer life. For me, that's just always been natural. But I'm curious for the person who's listening who's not really had that. It's it's going back to what I said earlier about that like shilt that 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 guilt and shame. I'm combining shame and guilt there. Um, it there's just this terrifying feeling of I let this person down and they're gonna let me have mm. it. Mm. Um, and so, and you almost have to face not only them but oh, face your own failure. Yeah, and in fact, I I think it's more of facing myself. And I'm sure that there's hmm. plenty of people who who feel that way. Um, it's, it's like when you're a little kid and you, you have to go to admit to mom or dad that you were wrong and that yeah. you did, that you broke okay. the base or that you did that. It's, it's, it's not necessarily, um, that mom and dad are going to yell at you, but it's like, Oh, I messed up. I'm, I'm, I'm not almost worthy in a sense of sure. going to talk to this person. Um, like it's funny, you know, growing up, um, I was never grounded or punished. And that's not to say I wasn't a, a, a bad kid at all. It's because my mom was a really good parent, and she knew I punished myself enough mm. mentally. Um, and so that that conversation is terrifying. If you're, if hey, if you relate to me and you're a people pleaser out there, um, you can kind of relate to this. And uh, it it is a terrifying conversation. So I'm sure that the idea of talk, going back to going back to dad for that prodigal son was um, as he's eating slop, I should go back. Mm, you know what? No, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, it's I, probably not quite as quick. As oh, no way. And I'm sure. Wrestling. And here's the thing, too. Um, if that's if that's you out there um, and we're going to we're going to leave you guys with conversation questions afterwards. But um, I'm sure that the prodigal son had many a conversations with yeah. people um, that helped him get there. I really firmly believe that. Now, this is a story. It's a parable. We don't really know if this actually happened. Sure. Um, well, it's probably happened it, countless it times. It has happened some, probably numerous some times. some form, yeah. Um, but uh, if, you, if, if you're one of those people that has struggled with that and you know there's a conversation to be had, whether it's a family member, friend, or, or coworker, or something like that, um, you know, go talk to somebody, not necessarily for gossip, but for, for wisdom and for um, just feedback. You know, it's it's a really, really important thing. Um, and especially knowing that fine line between between gossip and, uh, you know, getting getting advice, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah cause that, that'll be detrimental in the end to yourself. Yeah. So essentially what you're saying is best conversation is always waiting for us. But if you're not ready to talk to God, talk to somebody else about not being ready to talk to God. <laughs> Yeah, because God's there and he's listening. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, but no, I, I think that's a good step is find find somebody who's safe and just say, hey, I struggle with prayer yeah. and, yep. and, you know, explore that with them. So that, that's one mindset we want you to have. Your best conversation is always waiting for us. Take a step towards that if it's if it's you in prayer or if it's you saying, hey, I, I, man, I struggle with that, you know, just yeah. being honest with somebody else. 
Second one, second one we want you to have is run a little less next time. Hmm. And I'm not a runner. So yeah, that I was about to say. Really well <laughs> with me. I think we'll be pretty good at this one. Yeah, <laughs> we can run less. <laughs> That's awesome. I think everybody should run a little less. That's. <laughs> we should start a camp. Where's that public health movement? <laughs> run less. <laughs> uh, no, but just it, the prodigal son teaches us that the best thing that we're looking for isn't in in the wild living and whatever we can find out there. It's with God. So each time we should learn that lesson a yep. little more and run a little less. And, and here's here's what I was thinking about as we were talking earlier. It's not just the younger brother who who runs. It's really the older brother as well who runs. Oh, yeah. He doesn't run to wild living. He runs to judgment and self-righteousness. Mm. And he finds a different type of distance, which could be scarier. Yeah. Because in, in all reality, he's not practically further from God. But yet, he absolutely is. And you know what? Now that you're saying that, it's so amazing to see in our culture that we have that of um, self-righteousness and and then people who are just living wild and free. We have people um, yeah. in, in, in church buildings on Sunday mornings that are very much the older brother that are sitting there in their in self-righteousness, unfortunately. Yeah. And and Jesus knew this. This is not a new concept. Um the, the Jews and the Gentiles were were the same way, you know. Paul talks about this a lot in a lot of his letters to each of the churches, um, that there is a self-righteousness in the Jews and this free-living freedom, yeah. you know, um, in the Gentiles. Well, And you walk into any religious establishment in the world, any religion, doesn't matter where, and you're going to find self-righteousness and you're going to find, you know, a, a wild living. Yep. You're going to find both of them. Yeah. Um, and that's that's part of what I think allows us to connect with us so well um, yeah. uh, throughout, you know, throughout eras in history and throughout cultures. It just crosses over. Uh, so, yeah, our best conversation is always waiting for us. Run a little less next time. Yep. And uh, and so it's not just stuff we want you to think about, stuff we want you to talk about. So just a couple questions. If you're going to meet with uh, another person, you want to chat about this, or you know, if you if you're in one of our community groups, which we hope hope you are, I um, would love to be able to connect with you those ways. But Connor, why don't you run down what those questions are? Yeah. So um, like Matt said, uh, if you're you know if you're at our church, uh, Susquehanna Valley Church, um, we hope that you guys are having these conversations. Have conversations with friends and family, your kids. Um, but hey, if you're you're just one of a, a, a listeners um, that is just tuning in, and you're nowhere close to uh, Central PA, um, have this conversation in your head. Have these questions. Um, these are really really good conversation starters, um, especially for if you're a pastor or uh, leading a small group of some sort. This is this can be beneficial. Um, so our two questions are. Do you identify more with the older brother or younger brother? Um, you know, simple as that, kind of how Matt, me and Matt uh, talked about that today. Um, which one do you identify more with and kind of explain why? Um, and then why does Jesus tell this story to a group of self-righteous and a group of people that thought God could never love them? I'll say that again. Why does, why does Jesus... Tell this story to a group of self-righteous and a group of people that thought God could never love them. So go ahead and have those conversations with yourself, with people, with family. Um, and we hope that um, that it would be a beneficial thing for you to identify these things in yourself 
um, and help, you know, talk through these things with other people. Yeah, because the one thing we want for you, or I should say don't want for you, is for you to be stuck either in a place where you don't think you're worthy of God's unconditional love or stuck in a place where you think you've deserved it and you're better than those who don't have it. Yep. So thank you for joining us. We hope you check back with us next time. Have a great week. Take it easy, guys.